0: What's up, and thank you so much for viewing episode four of Beauty in the Cleats. I am your host, Ruth Kakias, known as Ruth the Truth. And I'm alongside my lovely host, Kaylee Chikoski. I hello, think I said hello. her name right. Yay.
1: Chikoski, you're close. You're close. Uh-huh. Everyone's getting like closer week in and week out. So I'm feeling good that, you know, mid-season will be. There. Is there
0: any like tricks
1: to this? Um, no. It's no? just okay. so, like practice, you know.
0: Right, right, right.
1: Tchaikovsky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Tchaikovsky. Yeah.
0: Kaylee Tchaikovsky to the
1: show. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yes.
0: Episode four. Yeah. How are you feeling, Kaylee?
1: I feel good. The NFL is in full swing. You know, NBA playoffs are worth the watch for sure. So I feel like it's it almost makes life feel normal. So I'm feeling pretty good about it.
0: No, you're right. And it it does make us feel a little bit normal having live uh, sports to watch. But it is crazy at this time that we have so many live sports going on simultaneously. I look like a crazy person on Sundays having like four TVs set up in my living room like I'm at Dave and Buster's or something. (laughs) We make it work. Yes, we do. We do. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for viewing us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and wherever you are at. We appreciate you being here for episode four. We have a special guest for you guys. Thank you, Lindsay, for the shout out. We have a special guest for you guys. His name is Jacob Dunn. He is uh, a podcaster for the Broncos. He does writing for them as well. Jacob, give us your intro. How are you doing? Hello.
2: Hey, I'm doing well, ladies. Thank you so much for having me on. I just want to say how big of a fan I am of you guys. So Hey, um, like you said, I write, I write for primetime sports talk. I'm a Broncos expert there. I'm a fantasy football expert there. I also do fantasy basketball and baseball. Um, so yeah, yeah, I do it all.
0: (laughs) Busy guy, busy guy. So, (laughs) uh, Jacob was definitely one of the people on Twitter that definitely helped promote us starting this podcast. So I promised him from the very beginning that we were going to have him as a guest on the show. So I'm so glad that you were here. Make sure to follow him on Twitter. Ain't done yet. It's the spelling is on the bottom. Make sure you mm-hmm. follow him on Twitter because he's got a lot going on. on. Fantasy, thank everything. You, so I gotta ask you, Jake, let's get right into it. How was your week one of fantasy? How'd you do? No, you're week in a few one. leagues, so break it down for us.
2: Yeah, I'm in too many leagues. I think <laughs> I'm in like eight plus leagues. I I lost count, but uh uh I'd say overall I'm probably like I'm like batting 600 here. I'm like probably like five, five and three, Um, you know, like some teams, you know, I like to diversify the revenue whenever I draft. So like, I don't have the same team every single draft, you know, so some teams are killing it. Some teams did awful. So. (laughs) All right. Do you want to
0: point out any specific players that you think may have shit the bed this week for week one? (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> mm, that's a great question. Well, uh, I'm gonna go with my boy DJ Shark. I had high hopes for him this week. I mean, what? he did okay. He caught a touchdown, he did okay, but I was expecting like wide receiver one numbers. I was expecting him yeah. to to be like a hundred yards, two touchdowns, and just be Gardner Minshew's go to guy. And like you said, Ruth, I mean he uh yeah, he definitely didn't perform as well as I had hoped. <laughs> So I'm a little bit bummed, but I know that he's going to turn it around.
1: You know, as a Jags fan, I was very happy to see three different players find the end zone, but I do yeah. think that's problematic for you having. Right.
2: Hey, hey, I'm pumped that uh, Lavisca Chenault, mm. He yes. he is he is a talent. He's going to be great for the Jags yeah. for years to come. I mean, like he came from the Colorado Buffaloes. So I've been watching him for mm. a few years now over here, and. We love him over here. So it's, it was super cool to see him find the end zone. Awesome.
0: Awesome. awesome. So how was overall your first week of NFL? How did you feel waking up that Sunday morning?
2: Oh, it felt like Christmas. It, it really did. I mean, it was just after all of what we've been through with all of like the pandemic issues and not knowing if we're going to have a season, not knowing if it's going to last the whole time. I mean, it truly felt like Christmas morning and it was just like a joy, you know?
1: Sure. So I have a. I want to ask you. You know, we have Cam Akers on our fantasy team. Me and Ruth co-manage. Nice. So he obviously did not perform that well for fantasy week one. So I want to get your stardoms and situms for week two running backs. Any guys that stand out?
2: So I'll say this right now. I know it's 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 a chalk answer, but Alvin Kamara is going to be the RB one this week. I mean, Michael Thomas is out. And they're facing a suspect Las Vegas Raiders team. So I mean, I think that I think that Kamara's gonna go bonkers. Um, as far as other running backs go, you know, like you brought up Cam Akers. Mm-hmm. I think he is gonna have a limited role for at least the first few weeks. You know, it's going to take a little bit, and Malcolm Brown's just going to be an RB2 for all of your teams during that span, probably for the next four to five weeks or as long as he is balling out. So You know, Malcolm Brown is a sneaky play this week um, as well with a great matchup. Saquon Barkley's definitely going to bounce back from that weird. I don't know. He had like 30 carries for like 10 yards or something. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like that's not going to happen every week. I mean, like that was against a very tough Steelers defense. So he will bounce back, guys. Don't worry.
0: (laughs) So, as Kaylee mentioned, we are co managing on our ESPN fantasy league that we are doing with fanstreamsports.com. And we won week one. We had mm-hmm, yeah. 160.86 points against 161.52. So we won by like less than a point, but we made it happen. But mm-hmm. Jacob, I got to get your take. Gardner Minshew as <laughs> our QB in fantasy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Did Kaylee make a great decision? I got to know.
2: Oh my goodness. I mean, one, he did well. so you guys started him in week one. Yeah. That's ballsy.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> So, I'm a very big Jaguars fan, and I just, I've been like riding the coattails of Minshew Magic Mm -hmm. since last year. So, I've been like preaching to everyone on fan stream every single week. I'm like, yo, Gardner Minshew is the real deal. Ruth was not at our draft. So, I had full control of drafting (laughs) our team, and I picked him up. I was like, you know what? The top like five quarterbacks are gone. What do I have to lose? Like we right. we're giving away everyone. We're trading away people. We're cutting people. He's going to have to do right. a lot. So yeah. I picked him up and he did not disappoint week one. I'll say that. Yeah, I love definitely. it.
2: I love the pick. <laughs> I mean, you know, like, he was always going to have a solid, he was always going to have a solid floor with like his like sneaky rushing, you know, like he can get yeah. you like 30, 40 yards easy, but Oh my goodness. I think he went 19 for 20. Yeah. I mean, like a completion percentage of 95%. I mean,
1: Mint you put on
2: a mint show?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I love that. It needs to be a T-shirt.
2: <laughs> oh heck yeah, heck yeah, let's do that. Hey, man. Yeah. hey, hey, congrats on a huge week. I mean, I don't know if you can start him every week, but yeah. as long as he's not missing passes, I mean, he's going to get you 200, 200 yards for like three touchdowns. So
1: yeah, we also have love your it. boy uh, Drew Locke, who yeah. I felt like was a good like sleeper pick at QB. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I'm interested to hear your take on the Broncos game with the Titans, both in fantasy, but also just, you know, in the NFL realm. Because mm-hmm. we face the Titans this week, so I'm interested to yeah. see your take on that game. Obviously, it was very physical, very low scoring. But right. I guess, what do you think the Broncos can do better going forward? And then, is Drew Locke going to be a lock? You know, for the rest of the season,
2: <laughs> he is on lock. On <laughs> mm. so. We were super nervous heading heading into that game. We weren't sure what we were getting from Drew Locke this game, just because he didn't have a preseason. He's barely played. He only played five games last year. So to see him look so comfortable, he was slinging it. He looked smooth out there. He was rolling out and he has a strong arm. I don't know if you watched that touchdown to Noah Fant. You know, it was like it was like the first score. He was rolling to his right. He threw it as hard as he could, you know, like across his body, which is a dangerous tough. Something, very tough throw. And he hit him just because he's that strong. Not not every quarterback can do that. So that's why I think he does have the talent. He he has the arm talent to get the job done. Now, where they struggled is with their defense. Their secondary couldn't could couldn't cover someone, you know, couldn't cover anyone. So I think we need to tighten up our secondary because Tannehill was throwing slants all day to yeah. AJ Brown and Humphreys. Like they made all these players look like ballers and they're not. I think that the Jags defense can, they have a lot better pass coverage than the Broncos. As far as miles Jack, he's a great mm-hmm. inside linebacker. I was kind of hoping that the Broncos would trade for miles Jack because they were, Oh my gosh! like you said, they were having a fire sale, just trading yeah. everyone. Uh, but they just got to tighten up that secondary, that's for sure. But their but their offense looked great.
0: So I got to ask you about the injuries that unfolded in week one. You had it just as rough as my Cowboys losing some of our starters. So I got to know, Darwin. what is your take on on losing some of your, your big players, your big keys?
2: Yeah, I mean, A.J. Bouye was like our only cornerback that we could trust. So right. losing him is huge. And now we have to start two rookies as our – number one and two because we do have bryce callahan as our slot but i mean he is not an outside corner that's not where he excels he excels in the slot so we have to play oja mudia and undrafted free agent Bassie on the corners and uh heading into week two facing the steelers where they looked great against the giants at least in the second half with juju and Deontay and Deontay johnson that's uh this is, this is a recipe for a blowout, unfortunately, and any Broncos fans that are watching, I'm sorry, but this is, this is not going to be a pretty game. Hopefully, <laughs> Drew Locke can turn around, and if Sutton plays, then they can be okay, but yeah, the, the A.J. Bouye loss was huge.
0: Right. So, in our comments, we have uh, James Flash Ludeman, who is one of the hosts for Set the Sales that we do every Monday night at 9 p.m., he says Jerry Judy is hopefully going to be a big part of this offense. Jacob, do you yes. agree?
2: Oh my goodness, I agree 100% with you, buddy. I mean, <laughs> he he looked great. You know, apart from those drops he had, you know, every rookie's going to have those mental mistakes where you just want to catch it and you want to cut really fast, but you know, he had like he just showed this cutting skill that that got him an extra 20 yards on each of his catches, it felt like, you know, like he got those extra yards just by, you know, like catching and cutting. Like he knows exactly what to do. He is a superb route runner. And that was on full display last night. So I agree. If you have Judy on your fantasy team, especially in PPR leagues, I would definitely just be super stoked right now.
0: Speaking of fantasy, are there any players that stand out to you that maybe was like a uh, not expecting to you know produce so much, but they ended up blowing out and winning people. Their yeah. weeks. Anybody that stand out to you?
2: That's a great question. Oh my goodness. That's a wonderful question. <laughs> oh, that's tough. Um, I really liked what David Johnson did last week, the running back for the Houston Texans. I honestly didn't have much expectations for him just because of how bad he looked last year. Mm but to go out and i think he had a 25 yard run in the first drive and stuff and like he looked spry he looked quick he looked like the old david johnson and so if you know if you took a gamble on him which i definitely didn't i was like i'm staying away from david johnson he i think he was past his prime i still had him as a top like 20 running back just cuz of sheer volume um but he looked good so if you took a risk in the 4th 5th round he's going to he's going to pay you back as long as he stays healthy Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Awesome.
0: So the AFC, you guys are fourth. You guys are the only team that did not win this weekend.
2: (laughs) That's a sad stat. Kansas City
0: Chiefs, the Chargers, and the Raiders. Do you see Mm. your Broncos maybe you know being underneath Kansas City, or do you think they're gonna end up fourth in the in the AFC West?
2: I don't think we end up fourth, but you know, with the loss of Von Miller. A.J. Bouye for a few weeks and Cortland Sutton's injury. I mean, like the injuries are just piling up, as you know, Ruth, with Blake Jarwin. Hopefully no one else gets hurt on the Cowboys. Uh, But, you know, I thought, yes, (laughs) (laughs) But with all these injuries, I had super high hopes for them coming into this year. I was like, I think they're a 10-16, and locks the real deal. This defense looks good. But with all of our losses and just – and I really – we really needed to beat the Titans last uh, on Monday in order to keep up because we have some tough games coming up with the Steelers, Buccaneers, um, you know, and teams like that and the chiefs twice. I mean, we're not going to beat the chiefs. So it's, yeah, I think it's as high of hopes that I, as I had for them at the beginning of the year, I think they probably finished third. I I don't think that the Raiders are good at all. So (laughs) I think that they finished fourth. I can say that as a Vegas native. Okay. Like
0: true. he is from Vegas people. Yeah. So he has every right to, uh, <laughs> Raider every
2: right. yeah, I think, uh, I think, I think that the Raiders are a year or two away. And so I think that the Broncos finished third, hopefully second, but yeah, I don't have high hopes for them.
0: Do you have a prediction of how many games, how many losses that they're going to have this season? They're already Oh, and one taking that into consideration.
2: Yeah. So, if everything no breaks your, uh yeah yeah at the beginning of the season I was like I was like 10 and 6 playoff team and we can make some noise. Now after all these losses I'm like we'll be lucky to get to 500. I think we'll be probably a 7 and 9 team at best.
0: Yeah, I mean losing Von Miller was a big part of your defense and but I heard rumors that you guys were trying to pick up uh what was his name? Clayton Matthews? Yeah.
2: Clay Matthews, yes. Yeah. Um it's funny. There was like a little bit of drama with that. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Like Clay's yeah. agent didn't want him, didn't want that to leak out. And so that kind of pissed off Clay Matthews and the Broncos weren't even offering him what he wanted. So.
0: Mm, so but, I guess it's been short lived.
2: Right. Yeah. Right. But <laughs> it was a nice yeah. idea though,
0: you know? Yeah.
1: He came back and he was like, Oh no, that actually didn't happen. I never said that. I was like, Oh, that's odd. Awesome. Right
2: super like, awkward that's kind of harsh the uncomfortable feeling all across Denver we're like, what is going on? This yeah is weird.
1: speaking
0: about Denver, you guys uh game seven of the NBA playoffs, let's switch oh, it God. over you guys knocked out my clippers in game seven <laughs> Jacob, how are you feeling right now about this?
2: I am honestly I am riding high right now and I am honestly I am eating crow as well. I mean, I have a bunch of friends who are nuggets homers and I told them, You know, like we were down one to three. I think we had like less than a percentage chance of winning the series. I was like, there's no way. There's no way we get past Kawhi and Paul George and just that team full of shooters with Shamit and Beverly. Like, there's no way, Uh, you know, and a lot of people, including myself, were calling them soft. I was like, this team doesn't have someone who can just get in there and be a dog, you know, like just like just like Patrick Beverly's a dog, you know, and Kawhi's a dog. You know, like we don't have a junkyard dog on our team, but lo and behold, they smacked me in the face and they dominated, oh, or they dominated the second half last game. Like the yeah, Clippers absolutely. got up early. Yeah.
0: yeah. The, so, Clippers um, had, the Clippers had 32 points in the second quarter, but struggled to even, I believe they had 14 and 16 points in the third and fourth quarter. So they pretty much laid down at the second half of that game. And you guys completely took over, especially in the last eight minutes of the fourth yeah. quarter. Like I was hoping that the Clippers were going to be able to hang in there. Uh, they mm. were, they were down by like seven, but I was like, Oh, there's six minutes left. Like this is plenty of time. Then they went down by 14 with like three minutes left. And I'm like, Oh, this is not good. This is not good. <laughs> yeah. This is not good. Overall. How do you, how do you think your, your Denver nuggets are performing in the NBA bubble?
2: They're doing great. I mean, it's so weird that they've come back from one to three, you know, like down one, three twice. Right. I mean that is historic. This is an historic run. It's like they love their backs being up against the wall. That's when they play their best. So, if they get down 02 to the Lakers, it's like I'm not too worried, you know, like um but You're not worried true.
0: about the Lakers? I feel oh, like that's
2: yeah. uh, I'm just saying like if they were to get down 02, which I kind of see happening, I mean, the Lakers are scary. Um but we have Witness that Jokic and Murray are a superstar duo. You know, yeah. I don't think, I don't think one is a superstar, but together they make a, a mega superstar. You know, like Jokic is the best passer I've ever seen. He had about thirteen assists last night. He could have had twenty if the Nuggets were making those open shots in the first uh, in the first half. I mean, he has, he is incredible. He is our most valuable ball handler, which is weird to say for a 6'10 dude. Um, but, you know, as long as Murray just can't miss from three, he was six for 13 last night for 40 points. I mean, as long as he can't miss, Jokic is passing like he is and he's grabbing boards and he actually played defense last night. I mean, what was up with that? Three blocks and two steals? I mean, Jokic is not known for defense, but he came to play last night. So, I mean, it stinks as a Clippers fan, but I I wonder, Ruth, are you tipping your hat to the Nuggets or are you just like the Clippers lost it?
0: Okay. So I am definitely tipping my hat to the Nuggets. Cause as you said, they've been able to come back from such extreme deficits in the past. And it seems like they're the type of team that they actually take halftime to evaluate how, what the mistakes that they were making in the first half and Michael Malone, he's one of my favorite coaches in the NBA. I think he does an exceptional job and able to, um, with transitioning his game and making his players understand what they messed up on and how mm-hmm. they could change it. And it, it, it's a little disheartening that Doc Rivers with the experience and the resume that he has, that he wasn't, you know, he's an elite coach as well. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like, I don't know, I, I got a little frustrated with him because I'm like, you know what, is it is it your players or is it your coaching? It, it mm-hmm. seems like it's a lot of back and forth with that. So I'm hoping Doc Rivers stays with the Clippers though. I'm hoping he does not leave or Tyloo take his job. But <laughs> that's oh
2: absolutely. Keep Doc Rivers over Tyloo. I mean, that's hundred yeah. percent. And I thought it was a little weird that Kawhi Leonard, like he he wasn't really the analyzing he wasn't really analyzing the defense. He he would like rush <laughs> up court and take these crazy shots. Where it's like you need to be a quarterback back there. Look at what the Nuggets defense is doing and find your shot, not force up a shot. You know, so I was surprised that Leonard, you know, he didn't have a great game seven. So,
1: yeah. And I think that that was the thing too, is I feel like as much as you want to tip your hat to the nuggets, you can't deny that they just, they looked off, right? Like they're used to working the shot clock in a way that's very strategic. And they just looked very, the pacing was off Compared to their average, you know, possessions that they've pretty much maintained for the entire regular season, they just look slow, their momentum's off, and I just feel like they weren't being as strategic and they weren't working as a unit, and I think that kind of killed them, so I want to give credit to the Nuggets, but (laughs) it was the Clippers series to lose, and I I think they just lost it, you know? Right.
0: So, Jacob. Before we get you out of here, thank you again so much for coming on the fourth episode of Beauty in yeah. the Clete. I got to know what is your prediction for the Denver Nuggets series with the Lakers? Do you think it's going to go to a game <laughs> seven, or do you think AD is going to get is going to be able to shut down the Joker?
2: Ooh. So I've been seeing a lot of Lakers and four tweets. I think that's crazy. Nuggets and four. All oh,
1: right. Oh. Nuggets and four. No, all right. all right. All right. <laughs> well, okay. Okay, so okay. If I'm being,
2: it, <laughs> love it. You know what? You, you know, I'm just going to end it there. Nuggets and four. Um, right. I am scared of LeBron James and AD. That is a scary duo. Um, I see the Nuggets maybe getting two games on them and then the Lakers moving on.
0: All right. You guys heard it here first from <laughs> Jacob Dunn, all the way from Denver, yeah. Colorado. Thank you so much again for joining us. Uh, yeah. I will give you a couple seconds to go ahead and use this platform to let us know what you've been up to and where we could find your material.
2: Absolutely, Ruth. Thank you. Thank you, guys. You can find me on Twitter at Ain't Done Yet, and done is spelled D-U-N-N-E. I write a lot of fantasy football stuff, a lot of Broncos stuff. So if you guys want to follow me, I follow back, and let's go through the season together. And I just want to thank both Kaylee and Ruth for having me on. This is a fantastic show. I love your show, and thanks for having me on.
0: Thank Thank you so much, Jacob, for joining us. And you enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. And it's ladies' night. So it's gonna be me and Kaylee rocking for the rest of the show. Thank you so much again, Jacob. Done. You enjoy the rest of your night.
2: You as well. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
0: That was awesome. He was great. I definitely want to have him on the show. And we will probably be having him on the show maybe for week three when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are gonna be facing the Denver Broncos. I think that would be a great, uh, episode to have him back on. Yeah. All right, Kaylee, what would you like to pick off? Should we continue Mm -hmm. with the NBA or should we switch back up to the NFL?
1: Let's hit the NFL because I feel like, you know, it's Wednesday. We're about to hop into week two. I feel like we've kind of, I don't know about you, but I've exhausted my takes this week on the NFL, but I do want to hear what you think the Cowboys need because, They were a team that I thought were Super Bowl contenders, and I know it's week one. I don't want to hit the panic button, but tell me what you think the Cowboys need to do to get back on track, get in the game, and really use that offensive power that we thought we were going to see in week one.
0: So I was a little disappointed with how my Dallas Cowboys started off the game against the Rams. They let the Rams score in the very first possession, which is something you never want to see coming right off the bat. So I was a little disappointed when I saw that defense seemed like they were a little slow back on their heels, but they got it together in the second half, which I do appreciate because we 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 eliminated Jared Goff's passing game like towards the end of the game. So I'm glad that we got that figured out. So as long as our defense could stay healthy because ugh, Vander Esch is going to be out. He's going to have neck surgery. Gosh. Like That's a huge why? Let's get our star linebacker. And I mean, he does so much for the, like on the defensive side of the ball. So I'm really, really, really sad about that. As well as, I mean, we've had, we had injuries left and right during that game. It seemed like everybody was dropping like flies. We also are going to be missing uh, Blake Jarwin, which yep. is one of our starting tight ends, which is a huge blow and Travis Frederick, like the list goes on and on, but I will not make excuses for the Dallas Cowboys, we could have won that game. It was in our reach. I was a little disappointed with our new head coach, Mike McCarthy, not taking that field goal to opportunity when there was 11 minutes left in the fourth quarter to tie up the game. I understand that, you know, the Cowboys had great momentum going offensively, but if you have a chance to tie up the game in the fourth quarter, like I I feel like that's almost like a no brainer. You want to do that just because, okay, you could get the ball back a few times, but I mean, it, it, we shot ourselves in the foot by not taking that field goal. I feel like that was kind of, you know, we were putting a nail in the coffin at that point. But overall, I think Dak played exceptionally well. I mean, he had one or two bad throws that I saw. But other than that, he was hitting Michael Gallup, uh, you know, for that 49-yard pass in the fourth quarter that was turned over because the ref threw a flag for an offensive pass interference. I just want to say that that was utter. BS. I mean, Jalen Ramsey, I know that you're a fan of his, of course, but Jalen Ramsey completely sold that to the refs. And I was very disappointed in the outcome because it honestly, it cost us the game because we had, we were in, we were going to be, I think it was, we were 28 yards away after making that catch. It was going to be, it was going to be a 28 yard field goal. It would have been an easy tie for the game into overtime. There's just so many things about that game that I wish I could take back, but I mean, week one is done and in the books. So I'm just hoping, like I said, with all these injuries, um, our IR list is, it's it's getting me
1: worried, but you know, week one. It's week week one. one. I'm not that worried. I think people are wondering whether this week two matchup against the Falcons is a must win. I think it's a must win, but I think the season's long. It's long. And I think without preseason, we're all a little bit, on edge and we don't know what to expect. I mean, that shows in the pickums. I think I went 500 in my pickums and that was very disappointing. <laughs> but I mean, it's, there's no preseason. Well, how do you know? Right. Yeah. But I
0: mean, I, I know Mike McCarthy comes from, he comes from green Bay where he had gunslinger, Aaron Rodgers, And I understand that. And and Dak Prescott could be utilized in the same type of way, but we have one of the top three running backs in the NFL, feed Zeke, feed
1: the Zeke. Uh, he even got, got a tattoo. He got the tattoo, and how are you not going to feed oh him?
0: Oh my gosh! <laughs> when I saw that tattoo, I was like, "All right, buddy. Like, I know you're good, but darn! Like, your own face on your leg! Like,
1: <laughs> hey, <laughs> oh, I love that
0: tattoo.
1: I, I said it on Sports, Kathy, and I was like, I am the biggest proponent of that tattoo. Like, I think I'm the biggest fan of not only him but the tattoo itself. I love it. I love it. But they did. They need to feed him more. But I will yeah, say, I, think- I
0: mean, we we had the opportunity in the fourth quarter when instead of feeding Zeke, it was fourth and three. OK, fourth and three. OK, it's not like it was fourth and one. It was fourth and three. Zeke was averaging four point four yards per carry. Why do you not give the ball to Zeke? I'm not understanding. I'm um, not understanding why. <laughs> I'm a little, you know, I'm, I'm going to reach out to Mike McCarthy personally and let him know, like, hey, Utilize your, the best running back in the NFL right now, but For sure. I mean Zeke, did, Zeke played well and he won us fantasy. So I mean he did
1: Alex. win us fantasy. So thank you, Ezekiel Elliott. I'm sure you're listening. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think and you know he averaged four point whatever yards with a bad O line. I mean you have to you have to look at it. I mean as much as like they've had injuries, they've had this, they've had that. Dak Prescott played well. I mean Connor Williams, Terrence Steele on the O line looked bad. They looked bad. And so for him to be scrambling the whole game, but when he did have time to make those plays, he made them. And for Zeke to still be, you know, moving the ball forward and looking pretty dynamic in an otherwise mediocre offense. I mean, behind a bad line, if they can fix those issues for week two, I think Zeke is gonna go off. Which I mean, again, for our fantasy's sake, I would really love if that happened. But, um, you know, also I want to see them thrive. I think I love Dak Prescott. I want him to get a contract. I want I want him to be able to play. And I think the O-line just didn't really give him that time and that chance. So hopefully we see more Zeke. Hopefully we see more Dak. Hopefully yeah. the Jags win a second game.
0: <laughs> and and CeeDee Lamb. Let's not forget to mention yes. CeeDee Lamb. That was his debut for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. And, man, did he look great in number 88. And he was catching balls, just like Des Bryant. And it it was great. It was a beautiful thing. He had 59 yards, five catches. I mean, I think he did exceptionally well. Um, Amari Cooper is going to be our tap, our top, uh, passing receiver for that game. He had 80, 89 yards and 10 catches. So I'm very, I'm very happy. I'm very pleased with how our offensive offense played. I feel like we could have put way more points on the board than we did. But like I said, I feel like some of that falls back on Mike McCarthy. And I, I feel I like he kind of owned up to it in the press conference. When they asked him, they were like, hey, so you were fourth and three. Like, why didn't you guys, you know, fill goal? And he was like, you know what? We were having great momentum. And I just felt like, you know, it was the right thing to do. And Dak Prescott actually had his back on that, which I'm glad to see that Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy seem to be gelling well, which yeah. is good for us because, I mean, you never want a, an Aaron Rodgers situation where you don't get, you don't, you don't trust your, your head coach and the decisions that he makes. So it, it, it you know, it, it adds a lot of bad juju to the team when the coach and the quarterback are not getting along. So I'm very happy with the, the, the direction my Dallas Cowboys are going in and uh week two, we got the Atlanta Falcons. Let's go. Should be an easy game. Should be, yeah, should be, I don't know. Should Matt Ryan throwing like oh hell mary's all game had like 433 yards it was nuts he's like i want to know your week one with your jags break it down to me girl
1: i loved everything that happened obviously i'm very excited um you know i think you saw rookies on defense step up cj henderson looked absolutely incredible i mean we had those two interceptions i think those are very very crucial to our success i think we needed our run defense to step up not only before Mac went down, but also after, and I think they did that, which gives me a little bit of hope heading into week two against Derrick Henry. Um, I mean, we've seen Derrick Henry run us into the ground week after week after week, season after season, and like it, it happens. But I think this year we've just got a team that wants to win, and that's evident, and that's what I think is going to get us over the hump. I was very happy, you know, they were backed up on the goal line the Colts were looking, you know, to score six and and probably seven. And we had Avery Jones step up, make that stop. And I think that just shows kind of what kind of players we have on our team, right? Like we don't have names. We don't have, you know, we don't have the defense of 2017 anymore. We have none of those guys besides really Miles Jack, who played extremely well. Josh Allen played extremely well. So I think we're really relying on the energy, the vibe in the locker room. And I think, you know, Gardner Minshew looked automatic. So, 19 for 20, 95% passer rating, 173 yards, and three touchdowns. I think if we can keep that momentum going into another division matchup, we should be good to go. Um, I think it's going to be closer than people think. I don't think the Titans are quite as good as people think they are. So, right. I, I i give I give the Jags a fighting chance to go two and oh. That's that's how I'm feeling about it. I mean. We're coming in, we're 10.5-point underdogs against the Titans. I think the over-under is like 40-plus points, which is absolutely insane. Obviously, last week um, affects that a little bit, but I'm going to bet – I bet the over on this game. I mean, I think, you know, the Jags have showed they can put up points on offense, so I'm not that worried about us getting into the end zone. I just want our defense to hold up. Yeah, um, And if they can do that, I think we'll be good. So, you know, a lot of hope, a lot of good things. Good, things. About to Good go.
0: things week two of the NFL. I know everybody's
1: excited. Football season is back.
0: Uh, week one went in everyone's favor or went in Kaylee's favor, but did not go in my favor. My Cowboys fell short to the uh, Los Angeles Rams 17 to 20 and the bears barely won. Just so my bears fans Ooh. out there, you guys need to yeah. calm it down a little bit. Tampa Bay is going to be facing the Chicago bears. In week three, I believe. So that will be an exciting game. And mm-hmm. I, Kaylee, I want to know your perspective on Tom Brady's debut. I mean, I know on Set the Sales, you were a little bit adamant on, you know, on how sassy pants he was on the sidelines. But I got to know, mm-hmm. like, is Tampa Bay going to get it together? Tampa
1: Bay. They're going to get it together. And here's my thing is I still don't think they're getting in the playoffs, and I'll stand by that. I just think that there was a lot of not even a wild
0: card there. spot, you know, like Saints. I could, Atlanta's I could.
1: Yeah, I could see them playing for a wild card. I don't know that they get in, but I could see them playing a wild card spot, especially with an adjusted playoff in the NFL this year. I think they're they're right there, right? Like they're they're knocking down the 8 and 8, the 9 and 7. I I could see it, but I could also not see it. Um I think my biggest thing is like the pieces are there. And their offense is set up to be really dynamic. Their defense is obviously young. They're green. There's, uh, there's holes in the secondary. But their offense is set up to look good. They have all the pieces. But I do feel like that's what we've been saying about the Bucks for a while now. Every year, they they look great. They've got this guy. They've got this guy. Their team looks stacked. They can't put the pieces together. And what worries me about the Bucks is that we're hearing the same issues, right? These aren't new problems. They weren't... Right. it. Th- like with this brand new offense, this brand new team, you'd think that we would have different problems to solve, different problems to improve upon going into week two. And it just seems like we're still talking about the O-line. We're still talking about the secondary. And those are things where, you know, they've been holes in that team for, for a couple of years now. So I feel like until, I don't know if it's organizational. I don't know if it's just Tom Brady's mindset, not exactly seeping into the, the whole team yet because, you know, right still just it's in week one it's early so I don't know what it is but I do think they're going to bounce back I I see them winning against the Panthers to be honest with you I mean CMC is good but not I mean one person doesn't make a whole team I mean it, it can make an impact but this isn't the NBA unfortunately you know they yeah. one person can't carry the whole team for the whole season and I just don't see Teddy Bridgewater putting together a winning season so I think they're going to be okay this week. I think it's going to go up and down, and I still don't see them making playoffs. I need to be a little more convinced, I think.
0: All right. Well, that's all super valid, and I definitely cherish your opinion. But the Bucks are going to be facing the Saints once again. I think it's week 15 of the NFL, so we will see if they can get their stuff together by then. I hope they they will. So uh, let's let's turn the mood over to the NBA. Let's go back. So we had an overtime win with the oh. Miami Heat. Man, I was I was zero for two last night. Like I thought the Clippers were gonna win. Wrong. I thought the Celtics were gonna have it in the bag. Wrong. Yeah. So yeah. oh, I want to know your take on Jimmy Buckets and oh. Bam Adebayo's last block that pretty much saved the game. Like I, I know everybody saw that block, but Jason Tatum was not ready for it. He said, no. wait, what? No. <laughs> Bam was like, oh, no, no.
1: no I, love I, love him. Right here. I love him. Right. I think he's hard not to like, um, <laughs> it was beautiful it was probably a top 10 block in my opinion i think the the timing the energy what they brought to that overtime and then that moment to cap it off i think was perfect and you know the celtics came into the fourth quarter with a 14 point lead so you look at that and you say not only and you know that's not a huge lead it's not insurmountable by any means but it's definitely it's it's a gap and i think for miami to rally you know you get to overtime you see all that go down and i just we didn't see Boston's defense the way that we've seen Boston's defense up until now. So I think it was an off night and I don't, I don't see Miami winning the series. I'll say that. Um, I think we saw Boston lose a little momentum, lose a little bit of their, of their strategy kind of fall apart a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think they get it together. I honestly, I mean, I, they'll win in six or seven. I mean, I think Miami is going to put up a fight. I, I'd yeah. like to see it go to seven. Um, but I think Boston takes the series. No, I agree with you hundred percent. I'm a huge Boston Celtics fan all the way dating back to the doc rivers
0: days back in the day when they were winning championships. But I, I gotta say the, like I said, in many instances, coaching means a lot. And we have Eric Spoelstra with the Miami heat that has been in national championship competition. I mean, he's had LeBron James, Chris Bosch, uh, Dwayne Wade, when they won the championship in Miami, like he's, he's been there, done that. So, to that sense, I feel like maybe he's a little more elite than um wow, he's slipping my his my name right. The the coach for the Celtics? Brad Stevens. I'm sorry. Woo! I kind of slipped my mind for a second. So I feel like he's he's a little bit ahead of the game when it comes to Brad Stevens. And I hope that doesn't show during this series. But as you said before, the the Celtics were looking a little shaky, especially off. Uh, transition offense they were it yeah. was not looking too good they they have a lot of things that they need to clean up but yes the the Boston Celtics had full had fallen short to the Miami heat zero to one in an overtime loss 117 to 114. all right so we're gonna end off this podcast by mm-hmm. talking about the biggest upset from last night I know we brushed mm-hmm. up uh, brushed on it a little bit but people that are joining us late we're gonna cover it one more time game seven last night the Denver Nuggets defeated, uh, I should say stomped out or popped. Oh. Their bubble, I should say the Clippers oh. had their bubble popped last night. How and that how is it? Yeah, the bubble has been popped and they are being sent home. They're all probably flying home as we speak. And nobody saw this coming, especially me. I, I thought it was going to be an L.A. L.A. final, to be honest. I, I really thought it was going to be the Los Angeles Lakers and the Los Angeles Clippers in the, the the in the western Conference finals so I'm a little bit surprised I'm loving this show oh my cousin my little nephew's on here it's adorable um I'm a little surprised on the outcome uh but when you when you actually watch the game the Denver Nuggets really deserved it they, they were it was, a, it was a cat and dog fight but I want to say coming out of halftime the nuggets had a game plan and they executed at the end of the day they hit down, they hit the the tough shots. Nikola Vos, I'm sorry. The Joker only had 16 points. So it's not like he went off, but Jamal Murray cleaned up. I mean, he had yeah. 40 points in the 44 minutes that he played and that was enough for them. So the Denver Nuggets will be moving on and facing the Los Angeles Lakers in the Western Conference final, which I believe is a first for them.
1: Yeah. A while. It's been a it's while been a it's been a while for them and it's cool it's cool to see Mike Malone back with LeBron James obviously facing each other as opposed to you know being on the same sideline but I think it is going to be interesting. I don't see the Nuggets hanging with the Lakers. I think at this point the Lakers have settled in. They've got they've got their flow, they've got their stars, they know what they have to do to make it happen. They're hot right now. They're 8 and 2 in the first two rounds. I just I think Anthony Davis is going to step it up. He's going to win that matchup and I just don't see the Lakers falling. So I mean, I, I think the Nuggets are um it's admirable. They uh the god they destroyed the clippers last night and it's kind of fun to see 104 to 89. But, yeah, it was tough. It was tough. It was tough. And at halftime, wasn't it? T- was it tied at halftime? Yeah. Yeah, it was it was close in the first half. I was keeping up with it and I was like, oh, this is a good game. And we were on yeah. sports caffeine, and then I get off and I'm like, oh, there not doing well so
0: (laughs) I would definitely say that the turning point was in the third quarter Paul Millsap turned that defense on I feel like he is such a big key to the Denver Nuggets defense because he gets up in your face he gets blocks he gets steals I mean he gets a little sloppy with the foul calls sometimes but I mean so does the Joker I mean everybody seems to be in foul I just feel like the refs are like I don't I don't know. I always have issues with the refs, but I'm never gonna put blame on the refs. But I mean, sometimes it just it just seems like they need to go back to refing school. But hey, that's my opinion. It must (laughs) be a tough job. It can't be it can't be easy, you know? Like things are happening so fast and it's not like you get a mental replay in your head of what just happened. Like you gotta make that call right then and there. So I know I know that that their job is pretty tough. So I won't I won't knock them there. But no I am predicting a Lakers and Boston Celtics uh, national championship final. That's, that's what
1: I mean. That's a good,
0: I'm, I'd be happy with that. Right.
2: And the, I mean, if,
0: if, not- and if it comes down to that, as much as I would love to see the Boston Celtics win a chip, because I think Jason Tatum and Brad Stevens really deserve it. Um, yeah. As well as Marcus Smart and, and Kimball Walker and all the great players on that team. But It's been a crazy twenty twenty year, and it kind of started off on the wrong foot by by losing one of the most iconic NBA basketball players in history, Kobe. So I think the Lakers, if they make it to the finals, which I believe that they will, Mm -hmm. they're gonna win it for Kobe. Yeah, it's gonna be a beautiful thing, and I won't even be mad. I won't. No,
1: you can't be. be. Yeah, after this year, after this year, (laughs) the celebration if that happens will be touching, and I'll cry. I have no doubt it'll be. It'll be a good way to cap off this year. I mean, it'll be something that I think we can all come together and appreciate um, at the end of a year that's been nothing but trauma. So, (laughs) I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I think the Celtics, Lakers will be, I mean, that's a good matchup. I'm not mad. It'll be an exciting seven games. I have a feeling it would go to seven. It's usually how those things end up. And the Lakers take it. There's a nice little celebration at the end honoring Kobe. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Great.
0: Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in in episode four of Beauty in the Cleats. So tomorrow night is going to be game two with the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat uh, Thursday night at 7 o'clock Eastern time. So make sure you're checking that out. And then we do have another NFL game. Oh, yes. yes the NFL season, guys.
1: Joe have- Burrow and Baker Mayfield. Wow, yes, Joe so Burrow
0: that? and the Bengals will be facing off Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns. Kaylee, I get, I just gotta know real quick, what is your uh what's gonna happen tomorrow night?
1: Oh God, I wanna root for Baker so bad. I loved him in college. I love I still love him, but he is they are trash. <laughs> I mean, it is just it you right when you think it's gonna get better, it gets worse. And I Joe Burrow is the real deal. He's coming out strong. They're on their way. I mean, this might not be their year, but they're gonna take down the Browns. I no doubt about it. Right. So All right we're looking forward to it, but We've yeah,
0: Thoughts before we wrap things up, you guys, great episode, by the way, I, I'm done. hoping that everybody is tuning in, that you are seeing the growth of Kaylee and I, because yeah. it was only episode four and we have just come so far. I'm so yeah. proud of us.
1: We're killing it. But not I'm to not like Katie. brag on ourselves, Chikosky. but we're killing it. Chikosky. There you go. Yeah. That's it. yeah. <laughs> Catch <laughs> us on Instagram at beauty and the cleats podcast on Twitter at beauty underscore cleats on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and then FanStreamSports.com. You can find us anywhere. Everywhere. You so Everywhere you listen, we're there.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us for episode four of Beauty in the Cleats. Make sure to hit that follow button and subscribe on YouTube so you can hang with us every Wednesday night for Ladies Night. Yes. My name is Ruth The Truth. Make sure to follow me on Twitter, Ruth The Truth, with four H's at the end. And uh, that, that's all for me. You guys enjoy the rest of your night.
1: Bye, friends.